Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Justin of the Survival of the Artist podcast, and I'm back. Let's call this season two, because it's been quite a layover uh, since the last time I spoke to you. We had Eric Heron in episode 14, episode 15 unofficially. We had Ruslan, and now today, from the Great North, recently of the Great North, <laughs> episode 16, Mr. On Beat Music, OB. What's up, man? What's up, bro? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. I, I know we talked about getting you on the podcast for a while now, and then I ghosted. So I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm here now. We got to be uh, roommates last month. So I'm feeling inspired. <laughs> I'm feeling inspired, and I feel like the time is right to, uh, to get you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening know who you are, but for the people who don't, who are you, what do you do, and what would you say is your claim to fame? Wow, claim to fame. That's a big one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, my name is OB, um, also known as Ombi Music. I'm a producer, DJ, drummer. Um, <clears throat> uh, newlywed husband, now stepdad. Uh, <laughs> I brag about that a lot, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And um, I've 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 been producing since 2011. I started in 2010, but I started on beat music in 2011. Uh, I produce, you know, for Derek Minor, No Big Deal, uh, Bizzle, Lee so the list goes on. I can go on for quite a while, but <laughs> um, yeah, I've been I've been a producer. I'm also uh, the host for Critique Fridays on Rapzilla, um, and yeah, that's pretty much it right now. <laughs> that's a good that's a good intro. So th- this this question, I guess, is kind of subjective uh, to everybody that I ask, but. How long did it take you to get to where you're at now? Like, I feel like knowing you, like, you're in a pretty good spot. I'm sure you'd love to go further, but I think, like, you're good right now. So how long did it take you to get to where you're at now? Uh, well, uh, like I said, I started production in 2010. Like, I was playing around with it and um, just getting my toes wet with Christian hip-hop just because... I didn't know much about it, so I kind of took that year to study. Um, well, first and foremost, I took that year to study like more scripture because I was a new believer at that time, and that's mm-hmm. when I found out like Christian hip hop. So like, I, I I messed with music like beats, but I wasn't like putting stuff out just because I felt like I needed to like devote my time more to the Lord uh, yeah. before I like wanted to like get any kind of exposure exposure. And in 2011, that's kind of when I kind of kicked off on the music. I started going to like South by Southwest. Um, that was like the first year I went. And um, I met so many people, like so many artists. Uh, one of the first producers I met was Cadence uh, from Die Daily. So shout yeah, out to I love Cadence. Cadence. Yeah, he's a good he's a good dude, man. I love that, bro. Um, I love that dude for real. But he was the first one 
that I got introduced to and I kind of linked up with him first and ended up like, like showing him like a few of my beats. And he was like, yo, like, you know, he connected with me, gave me his number, everything. And was like, yo, like, you know, um, send me more stuff. I want to hear more stuff of yours. And at the time he had just produced for Lecrae, like a, a record for Lecrae. So I was like, you know, I was really wanted to just, you know, link up with as many people as I could. Um, but I forgot what record it was. I don't know if it was on, I think it was on Rebel. I think it was on like Overdose or, um, yeah. what was the other one before it? No, it was two albums that they came out. I forgot what Lecrae albums they were. <laughs> but, uh, Gravity. But it was, oh, Rehab. 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 It was Rehab. Rehab. I think it was Rehab or Overdose. It was one of those. There was a big track. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was a humongous track and, um, he did really, really well on it and, uh, that's kind of like how I heard about him. And I was at this like producer, like panel and which is, <laughs> there's a crazy story behind that, but yeah. So I was at that producer panel as just a fan and like wanting to learn more. And I met Cadence, we linked up. Uh, I started like going back and forth with him. I met a lot of the city taker guys like double Scott free enlightenment. Um, and like, uh, who else did I meet? I met quite a few people during that time, and um, nobody knew who I was. Um, and I just kind of was just there, like trying to network as much as I could Be- before I even knew what networking was. That's the funny thing. Yeah. Um, so during the year 2011, I started producing more, making more tracks. Uh, I started entering competitions. I entered the Riot competition from Rabzilla. Like, you guys had a... Uh, and I think that was before your time, but it was, like, when Phil and everybody kind of, like, was doing the the stuff, linking up with, with Reach Records, and they were doing, like, the competitions, the remix competition. Yeah, I missed all, the, I had, I missed all the fun stuff in, in the golden era <laughs> of Rabzilla. So, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so I ended up... Um, entering that competition i didn't win which was cool but i ended up gaining some fans uh which was really dope i was like wow people actually like myself so from then i started just uh making more beats and and i don't know i remember the first beat i sold and it was like in 2011 and it was um i sampled like nothing but the blood of jesus (laughs) and (laughs) i remember i sold that mug for like 25 dollars and uh, which is insane to me right now because I would have never sold it like that back then for that much. Uh, if I knew that now, like my, what I should have been doing now uh, back then. Um, anyway, so I sold it for like $25 or something like that. And um, yeah, I just kept continued. I continued networking. I went to a lot of Christian hip hop shows. I, I went to a lot of the Unashamed tours that they were going on at that time. Um, I actually linked up with Andy Minio before he was like Andy Minio went back when he was like she like, and um, yeah, yeah I, I linked up through, with him through like Facebook, and he had got tagged. It's a funny story. He got tagged in like a booty pic back then. There was people, a bunch of people getting tagged in like nudity pics, <laughs> and <laughs> he got tagged in one. And I reached out to him. On, on messenger and i was like bro you got tagged in like a booty pic and he like messaged me back he's like oh man thank you for telling me like this is crazy 
so like he went on there like deleted everything and and like made a post he's like man y'all, y'all need to stop with these booty pick things uh, but everybody was getting tagged in them. Like, I got tagged in one. Like, a lot of, like, women were getting, like, my women friends were getting tagged in them, too. And the, um, wi- the Wild West of Facebook. Yo, it was crazy back then. Like, I remember that. Like, it was, <laughs> it was nuts. Uh, well, anyway, so, like, we, we just continued to build after that. Like, we were, we emailed a lot. <clears throat> me and him were just, just email, like, how you doing type of stuff. And he bought me, like, a book uh, by, um, John Owen, it was called uh, The Mortification of Sin. And like we we would we would just talk back and forth, like I said, and um it turned like eventually like he yeah, I got signed to Reach. We kinda lost touch a little bit yeah. uh, after that. Because I mean I, I understand like he got really busy and um and I just continued to like uh produce and produce and produce. I was doing a lot of stuff uh with my friend uh Tony Rueda. Um Back then, it, me and him had like a duo called Lab Geeks, and I was like the producer. He was the, the artist, and we dropped like two projects and some singles. And you can still find that like on SoundCloud and everything. Um, okay. <clears throat> but but Check after we out. dropped that, yeah, a lot of people actually like really took a liking to us. Uh, check out the second project, not the first project, because the first project was horrible, like with the mixing. <laughs> second project, second second project was actually decent. Um, and, and during that time, I just continued to like make beats. Uh, I started doing more remix compositions. I ended, I I ended up entering the um, full court, uh, full court mess one with Derek Minor and KB. I got more, that's when I think who, no. Yeah. I gained more fans there. And then I entered the triple E, uh, Lecrae, um, which one was it? I'm good. That song "I'm Good" by Chili yeah, and Lecrae. Yeah. They had another remix competition for that one. I entered that one. I got second place, and <clears throat> that's when like a lot of people kind of started to like come to me, come to my SoundCloud page, and start buying beats. So that was so kind like of like your big your big break was like from those competitions. Um, yeah, like not at, at, in that time. Yes, um, but. I like in 2012. I ended up entering the Rabzilla B battle for the first time, and mm-hmm. this was back when literally I didn't produce for anybody, bro, like nobody. And at that time, well, like I had some people, like I saw that $25 beat, whatever, <laughs> but but it was like I, I, I was nobody to go into that competition. That's the funny thing. I went into that competition, and re- the reason why I went into that competition is because I was a backup for Ty Shane. Because Ty Shane, or Beam, Beam was like, at the time, Ty Shane, he was going by Ty Shane and producing for everybody. And it was like, it was supposed to be him, um, Spec House, Mar for More Beats. There was like a bunch of people yeah. on that battle. And I literally, like, they put me up like Chad and Phil put me up against Spec, which is Flames producer, you know. And yeah, I yeah. was nobody, and I got knocked out. I completely got obliterated first round. Script was in that battle too. Script. Script was in that <laughs> battle. Yeah, and then um, yeah. So uh, that's when that's when everybody heard Cocky for the first time. 
Okay. I remember that battle. Yeah. Yeah, because he dropped that beat. And um, it was against, I think, Hot Hands. Um, I don't know if you remember that producer, but... No. He... Um, he was he is produced for a lot of people too in Christian hip hop, um, but anyway, so I didn't win that one, but it motivated me, bro. Like that, like changed my whole production. Like in 2012 to 2013, a lot of it was because Rapzilla put me in that. Well, when I put when I got put in that battle, um, my whole drums, like all my drums, my production, like my production game just elevated. It made me so much better. And then I ended up going back. Uh, I ended up going back and just kind of, uh, you know, regrouping myself, learning more about production. Uh, in 2014 uh, was when Andy Mino did the remix competition for uh, Heroes for Sale. Uh, that is the one that, that kind of kicked off everything in my career. Um, by that yeah. time, I had some fans and everything from like Lab Geeks and then uh, some from production, other remix competitions, and from the 2012 beat battle. But in 2014, uh, they put the, put on the Rapzilla, like, Andy Mino, Heroes for Sale remix competition, whatever, mm -hmm. and I, I won that one with, uh, I did a remix of Kaki and Curious, and uh, that's when, like, I got in touch with DJ Official, because he, he hit me up, and he was like, yo, great yeah. job, like, I was... I was one of the ones that kind of picked your beat and I was like, yo, like it, it was such an honor to me to have like, like fish actually like, like hit me up and reach out and was just like, yeah, it's like, a legend. really encouraging. It was so dope, man. And me and him kind of kept in touch after that. And, um, we would like play, I think we would play like call of duty or something like on <laughs> Xbox too. Uh, cause he was a variety gamer. So and and then I started getting my my production like critiqued from him, um, and then I, I linked up with T. Wyla as well uh, yeah. back in 2012. So like I knew Wyla from 2012 because he was at the beat battle, and um, in 2014, Wyla and um, DJ Official actually helped me prepare for my Rapzilla beat battle uh, in 2014. Wow! So in 2014, I was sending them beats, and they were like telling me this is your like this is your, your your game winner right here this is you know such and such right here uh this is like you know go play this one first like they were telling me all that so in 20, 2014 i re-entered um i was in that beat battle i went up against uh so many crazy producers that were like super dope um i actually went up against like ag uh Freddie Bruno, who was like an, a legend. Freddie Bruno. Yeah, a legend. Yes, a legend. And I could not believe I, I, I beat him. I thought I thought it was incredible. Um, Halo Hits was in that one, too. Um, Ryan Vetter. That was like the beginning of Ryan Vetter. That, yeah, you that, see his name battle. everywhere now. <laughs> yeah, so. Speaking of Eric, too, he, he produces a lot for Eric. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he he did like a lot of. I think he did like almost all the project for Eric's uh, new project is dropping tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like me, I, I literally won that battle. I battled uh, Ryan at the end, and I, I won. And that like, so that year was like the year I won the Andy Mino competition, which kind of blew up like crazy, and and then like the B battle as well. That both of those launched like 
my career right after that. And um, everybody was like working with me at that time. <clears throat> and yeah, so during that time, that kind of like pushed my, jump started my career. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, uh, uh, like in 2015, uh, I started going through some stuff. Uh, like personally, just like some spiritual stuff, some crazy, like crazy stuff, um, just in my life. And, um, 2016, just, I, man, I had like a mental breakdown and everything like I had like accumulated up to that time. Like I literally put a pause on everything and I thought, I thought, I thought I wasn't gonna, I thought I wasn't gonna make it. In 2016, like I was completely done with life and I tried to commit suicide twice and during that time and, and praise God I failed. But yeah, I I literally tried to, uh, I literally tried to save my own life that time. And I was in the hospital, I was on medication. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't even doing beats. Like I, I was depressed most days and man it was just it was just insane so um praise god because i had like a really dope church community and at the time like in 2014 i actually met dylan chase me and him were like Mm -hmm. became like best friends since then and um in 20 in 2016 dylan was by my side when i was at the hospital anything that i was going through dylan was right there yeah um i actually i actually moved in with dylan in 2015 in 2015 like i moved to oklahoma and i moved in with dylan uh and if y'all don't know who dylan is it's dylan chase like dylan he's chase. an og friend of the yeah, show he's yeah <laughs> he's been on the show yeah so so dylan dylan uh, you know he's original 116 like hardcore, you know what I'm saying? Like back mm-hmm. in the day it was, you know, Flame and Dizzle and Jason and back when Jason was with Reach, it was crazy. But um but yeah, Dylan became like my my best friend, like my brother, like like real brother like to me. And he he let me move in with him in twenty fifteen to like to get a before I can get my place in twenty in, in, in Oklahoma, because I had moved to Oklahoma from San Antonio. And, um, and I ended up like in 2016, like I said, when I had that mental breakdown, Dylan was right there, like Dylan, his family, like his wife, uh, his kids, they were all there for me. My whole church family at the time, they were just praying for me. And it was just really encouraging to have that support, um, from, uh, from me because I had other people that I like once knew or like just people that I knew at the time, uh, like when I first got saved, they weren't, they weren't there. And, um, a lot of them, and it was, it sucked because some of them were discouraging too, like about like my mental health issues and everything like that. I got yeah, a lot of people don't like, understand. They don't yeah, understand bro, it. I, and they feel like just snap out of it. Yeah. And I got diagnosed with, um, with, uh, with PTSD, I got diagnosed with um, ex- um, major depressive disorder and extreme anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got diagnosed with all three of those things. Like I said, I was on medication. It was hard to make it some days. And like, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was amazing how God really worked all that out. It was literally, I went through therapy. 
Uh, I did I did secular therapy. I did uh, Christian therapy, uh, counseling with my pastors, and plus I had like Dylan always showing up to my house, taking me everywhere. It was it was very very like it was very crazy. I just did not expect it, um, to make it out of 2016. Um, but yeah, slowly but surely, I just kind of picked up my Bible. I started reading again. Um, uh, Oswald Chambers, man, there's a there's a devotion by Oswald Chambers, um, and that that devotion actually like I feel like it it saved my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, let me get you the name for the devotion because I got I got to let people know that <laughs> <laughs> it's uh my utmost for his highest. Oh yeah, it's so a that, classic that, book, dude. That book, that book, like. Like, I, I feel like the Lord used that to save my life, for real. So, um, I, can, I I would read that every day. And that, like, led me to, like, pick up my Bible again and just read it. And from then on, I just, I, I feel like God was just restoring my life. And ended up um, producing again. Me and Dylan were working on stuff. And we were, like, putting stuff out, like, projects. And uh, we worked on Speak Up Volume 2 during that time and it just kind of like it was just therapeutic for me and um in 2017 was when like everything kind of like went super oh no wait 2016 the end of 2016 (laughs) um yeah i'm just trying to like (laughs) there's so much that happened um and at the end of 2016 I, i went back to that labor fest and um ended up doing the beat battle again. And that's when I met up with Doc Watson and Derek and Doc actually told me that he, that they've been kind of like having an eye on me and they wanted to talk about signing me to RMG as like an in-house producer. And Doc wanted to talk about managing me. And I was just like, wow, like really? Like I would have never guessed that after like the year that I had in 2016, and 2017, I ended up signing in February with, with RMG. And then um, I started producing for Derek. I made Astronaut. That kind of hit my career. That kind of kicked off my yeah. career that year. I also, I also produced Shakira for No Big Deal that year. Oh, great time. Um, yeah, like that year was crazy. 2017 was just nuts. And then um, Derek had invited me to Nashville to go to um, to the album release party for uh, uh, my gosh his album the one that I produced on I, I totally forgot already your, but, uh, <laughs> high, your soul must fly high above yeah universe. that joint uh, okay. I think it was uh, the one with Astronaut on there it was one of those I think it's the first one um, okay so that one uh, and, sure. and I went <laughs> yeah yeah that one and I went, and uh, that's when I ended up um, meeting uh, everybody from RMG. And Derek invited me to st- – I was supposed to be there for two days. And Derek invited me to stay for the rest of the week to work on his project. Nice. So <laughs> I ended up staying there. We worked all week. Um, so many beats. Uh, I think Cardiac showed up, and uh, Juice Bangers was there. Like, everybody was there. It was insane. And – um, and then at that time, Derek was, uh, I got the phone call from Derek's road manager, uh, 
shout out uh, to Tyler. At the time, his name is Tyler Pruitt. Uh, that's my bro. But he called me. He was like, hey, man, uh, we know you DJ. Uh, Derek and Doc have been talking a lot about you. We want to know if you want to go on tour. And I was like, yo, like, wow, yeah, like, I would love to. Um, and then he was like, okay, we leave next week. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, uh, hold on. <laughs> so I actually, I was like, can you give me, like, a day so I can make sure that everything's good, like, with everybody at home? Like, I called my pastor to make sure that, because at the time, like, again, I was still, like, I felt like I was doing better, but I wanted to make sure with my pastor and everybody at home that everything was good. Like, they, like if they saw any sin in my life or if they saw anything in my life to let like that would hinder me from going. Um, so they, they gave me the okay. And I was like, all right, we're, and then we ended up doing like a 43 city tour with the newsboys. Wow. And it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was incredible. Um, I was literally paying for a house that I wasn't living in in Oklahoma because I was pretty much staying in Nashville the whole time. And it was like, I stayed there for like four months, four months. And, um, it was nuts, man. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, after that, literally just can't continue producing. Um, I, I produced, I went on to produce more for Derek. I, I did a project with, with Dylan Chase called Drifting, which he, we did a whole documentary on it. Uh, yeah. It's on Amazon, um, Amazon Prime, and and I think it's on YouTube now, so y'all can watch that on there. Um, but that's literally like probably my favorite album I've ever worked on, just because it, the creation process was just incredible. Um, <clears throat> but shout out to Dylan because he really like everything that he put. He wrote a short story on that that project. Like he he was so like intentional with that project, and it was it was a beautiful project and he did like a music video for almost every song on um, and it told like a story so it was it was so it was so dope and um i had such a great time making that project um but again if y'all trying to check it out it's called drifting by dylan chase and uh yeah so after that i just continued to do more beat battles i did a few more and i got called i i, I actually got like chosen to be because i i submitted for big sean and dj mustard and and out of like there was like thousands and thousands thousands of people that like entered that beat battle and i actually um you know was picked out of all of them and it was hosted by remy martin and dj mustard and big sean and um and live nation as well so shout out to all them but i ended up uh winning the regional finals in Houston and I met Paul Wall there. He like, we linked up too. That was insane. Um, he like became a fan of my beats, which was weird. It was weird to me. I'm like, yo, you're like, you know, I used to listen to you growing up. You're from Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm from Texas. So like having Paul Wall, like a Texas legend, like say, give me the, like, you know, they're okay on my beats. That was crazy. I met Toby Nigway there too, because he's from Houston um, as well. So, it was it was nuts, man. Um, and then they flew me out to to LA in 2018 to to battle, and I got I got ranked number five in America, like up and coming producers. Um, so that was pretty awesome. Um, I got to meet Big Sean, linked up with him too, and uh, DJ Mustard, DJ Envy. Uh, so it was it was really really dope. Thanks. Um, so you just and, you just have like explosive moments, like 
every year that's, from 2011 till now. <laughs> yes, bro. Like it, it was weird. It was weird how like that. Like every it, it was like you know I'll have these moments where it just like boom it just shoots off like and I didn't I don't even I don't even plan it. It's just like it just happens and which is insane, you know, because in 2018 as well, I was able to meet my wife now. Um, but in 2018, I, well, I met her in 2016, actually. But we were friends for about two years, and then we ended up, like, dating in 2018. And um, in 2018, like, uh, we, I ended up proposing to her on my birthday. Uh, and then... Yeah, it's now 2019. I'm married to her. I, uh, I'm a stepdad of four, uh, <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> and and then, um, um, you know, I do. I did critique. I started up Critique Fridays in 2018, and now it's been a full year um, that we've been doing Critique Fridays with Rapzilla. And yeah, man, it's been it's been insane. There's been so much I kind of skipped out on too, but it's just. Those are some of like the key points. And, you're gonna, you need yeah. your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I don't got time to do it though. <laughs> okay, full full disclaimer. Ob is going to sound so much better right now on audio quality. Um, he was recording his own audio on his end, but it didn't record. Lucky for me, I was recording backup. So. The first half, when you're hearing about Ob's life, it'll sound just okay. <laughs> but, now, but now that's good. It's humility. But that now, helps yeah, <laughs> it's it's humbling. Now when he's yes. uh, when he's giving knowledge to to you you up and coming youngsters, um, now you get to hear it in in full nice quality. Um, so, yeah. So my my question to Ob is, um, you you're. You know, you're a highly sought after and known producer in the space right now. Um, I'm, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows, everyone knows your your tag. Yet you work with a guy like Derek Miner, but you also work with somebody who's got like maybe two tracks on Spotify. So, is mm-hmm. is there an intentionality about doing that, or is it? Are you just looking to collab with, you know, talented people? Like, how do you go about? you know, who you work with? Well, I would say um, a lot of it is has to do with just working. I want to work with everybody. Like, I don't want people to ever think like, oh, he only works with people like Derek or if he works with Andy Minio or Lecrae or somebody big or whatever. I want to be able to, and that's been my motto from the beginning when I first started. Mm-hmm. I would, I was like, man, I want to make quality like Dirty Rice because Dirty Rice was somebody I looked up to, um, like coming up, and I was like, man, I want to make quality like Dirty Rice, but for like everybody that can't afford Dirty Rice, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And I charge, I, I feel like I charge a fair amount now. Um, well, I mean, a decent amount now, but I'm always willing to help people. Like if you ask a lot of the people I've worked with, uh, prayerfully, they have good words about me. But <laughs> if you if you have everybody, if you ask a lot of people I work with, I always work with prices. I always give them like payment plans, options. And like I, I you know, I try to give them, oh, excuse me. I try to work with them as much as I can. 
just for the sake of, um, you know, them having that same experience of being, being like feeling like, man, like I gotta, I, I have a quality, qual- I have quality production now. Like now there's no excuse. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, that's like the main thing. Like, uh, I always try to tell producers cause a lot of, I get a lot of producers ask me the same question. Like, yo, this guy's not that good. Should I work with him? And I'm like, you know, work with him, see if you can develop him because that's another thing. Like, if that that was one thing like I noticed about Eric, uh Eric Heron. Um I, I met Eric like a long time ago and before he was really even anybody, you know what I mean? And um Yeah. And I was trying to build something with him. Like I, I literally was like Like you saw the you saw the potential. Yeah, I saw like mad potential in Eric. I was like, he's a different type of artist that we don't have much in Christian hip hop, but since then we got people like Vic Sage now and, uh, and you yeah, know, other, yeah. other artists like that, that, that are kind of like in that category of what Eric does. Uh, but you know, I saw Eric and I was like, yo, like let's, let's build something together. And that's when we kind of like started working we dropped duos, the whole project together and, and it, and it hit, you know, we did well, like Hente, we did Hente together and it's one of our biggest songs. It's like 200,000, uh, streams on I sporadically and, I sporadically sing that chorus every once yo, in a while <laughs> and yo and that's with no playlist cause we didn't even hit the Rapzilla spot the Spotify playlist on Rapzilla that was just like come on Steven <laughs> yeah so that that song did, didn't even like hit that was all organic in which we were like wow like people are listening to us you know what I mean uh, and we didn't buy no playlists or anything like that either. <laughs> we literally just we yeah. literally just let it play and people loved it and they they flocked to it. And that was a dope feeling because it was like, yo, I did this with somebody that nobody really knew versus like I can easily go with no big deal and be like, hey, let's just drop a project. We can get it easily, like probably a million plays. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I was like, nah, let me do this with with somebody that you know is up and coming and has like mad talent and and can like and can actually be up there with all these people too so for me i always try to tell people like yo see find artists and and don't always shoot for like you know it's good to get big placements don't get me wrong shoot for that but don't always like like put your eggs in one basket, you know what I mean? Like come come back and 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 work with others that are that nobody knows about because you could find the next Derek Minor, you can find the next Andy Mineo, and and like I think about what's his name, and you're there from the beginning. Yeah, I think about what's his name, uh, NF's NF's uh, producer, uh, Tommy per- Tommy Tommy Prophet. Like same thing with him. He yeah. he just stuck with NF and boom, like exploded, man. He, he did a great job. I mean you. You think of it like as a business. Exactly. It's like a person has like a startup company. You're like, oh, I think this is really good. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll just, I'll intern or I'll just help out or I'll get paid like minimum wage, but I believe that there's something there. Then you're there from the beginning, that company blows up and now you're, you know, you're part of exactly. the team. Exactly. You're, 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 like C- you're like a CEO in, at that point. You know what I mean? So right. it's like. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty neat. And I mean, um, I think, I think, you know, I love, I love what Dylan Chase did too. Cause Dylan, he actually like, 
got me at a time when he really didn't have like he had producers like uh halo hits and uh my boy anatomy shout out anatomy um and he had like certain people he would buy beats from but it wasn't like these weren't like his producers that kind of like sat with him in the studio and just like work with him and try to develop something and i i praise god that dylan like entrusted me with that because dylan was the first og to be like yo like let me see what i can do let me see if I can get somebody like, like somebody new and fresh to, to kind of help guide me. And it was like, we bumped heads like in right. the studio. Cause there's like, Dylan went to school for like, for, for, uh, for was it audio engineering? Um, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And he, he <laughs> one of the favorite sayings that he likes to do is just tell me like, Obi, I went to school for this. Like <laughs> whenever it has to go, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't tell, tell me what, what to do. do. But then like, he ended up like, Ended up at, now it's like I'm one of the people that he comes to for opinions. Like he's like, yo, like what do you think about this? Like what do you think about this track? Like do you think that like? And I'm like, wow, like you know, it's really dope to have him actually trust me with that. And I'm very grateful for people like that too. So, you know, but again, I would say you know, don't always put all your eggs into to one basket and try to just shoot for the big, um, you know, the bigger artists go for people who are up and coming and build something with them. Even if you don't, you take a small front end, um, I would say producers, make sure you, you, (laughs) you, uh, market yourself as an artist as well, because you can get paid off of those streams just as much as they can. And it's all, you never know. You're always just like one song away from a hit. Uh, so I would say, you know, uh, you're always just one song away from that hit. So, you know, make sure that when when you do these tracks with people, you know, put your name on them, um, make yourself a main artist with them, like these people that are coming up, and if they're and, yeah. and then and then you know really you know market that mug and and become become an artist slash producer with them. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that, and and I didn't even think to ask you that, but. You know, so many times, and I'm sure it happened to you when you first started out, like you just make a beat for someone, you give it to them, and then like they get all the credit yes. you know, for that song yes. and any monetization <laughs> and and nobody even cares about the producer. But now kind of hip hop kind of got weird because, of course, you know, it started out where the producer was like the main thing. And then they're like, we're just going to get this guy to rap over my beats and that'll that's an MC. Yeah. And then in the 90s, it became about the rapper. And now I feel like now it's becoming about the producer. Yeah, I think producers are Um, making a comeback for real. Like I think about people like Murder Beats, um, you know, Sunny Digital, um, Metro Boomin, uh, DJ Mustard. Like the list goes on. Even DJ Khaled, like a lot of a lot of them, you know, marketed themselves and became a producer. Yeah. uh, slash artists, you know what I mean, and yeah, yeah. go ahead. Now I was gonna say, so how how does it work from like, I guess a licensing or like paperwork standpoint of you, say say you and I did a song together, mm-hmm. and I rapped and you were the producer. Uh-huh. Like how how do we submit that, you know, to places for copyright, you know, for whatever? How does it work? Like to DistroKid or TuneCore? Yeah, just just for everything, just to get, you know, in order and the splits and, and whatever. I would say go DistroKid for any anybody um, 
not nothing against TuneCore. I just feel like DistroKid, like unless TuneCore does this, but I remember the first like when I when I was like doing stuff with like Angie Rose and stuff like that. She has to always like like kind of pay me like like out of her whenever it hits her account. You know what I mean? But DistroKid, yeah, actually like splits up everything for you. So like you just get paid from DistroKid and you don't have to worry about the artist. Like when they put you as a main artist. So like let's say me and right. you do that song, um, you know, you, you or me can upload it, but we just we whoever uploads it just make sure that we we're both main artists. Uh you just get my info and then uh you add me to like a team and then um you know, I have to make sure to confirm it. And from there, like anytime any revenue comes in to DistroKid, we you know it splits it already automatically. Now is the split even, or you you determine the split? It's it uh, it's even when you um, well yeah you have to put the percentage in like whenever you're like uh, uploading a track. So it could be like so it could be like seventy thirty or fifty fifty or yeah, you know, but I, like I would always like make sure that you get 50 50 when you're going when you're going like half on a on a main track like uh producers i would say producers if you are getting paid a, a low front end you better make sure that you you tell them hey you know what like i want to be on this track as a main artist and like uh make and we'll do a 50 50 since you're since you're not paying me like my original like amount um yeah i, I, I would say like you know, ask for, for that. And, you know, you, you have the option to say, no, like you're not being, you're not being a jerk. You're just being, that's your business. You yeah, know what I mean? That's your business. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I would say that. What, what about going like the other way? Like, what if we did this song and I was like, I don't want you to be the main artist. Is that, is that going to make you, maybe the beat is going to cost more well, yeah, you know, I would, I would, I would make sure you pay full price. <laughs> but even at that, like, um, yeah, yeah, I would definitely make sure that you pay full price because that's uh, that's crazy. Like, I wouldn't, I would never, uh, like, I would never sign a deal with somebody and be like, yeah, like, you know what, like, it's all good, man. Don't make me a main artist, and you can take this beat for, you know, one hundred fifty dollars. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I would never allow that and and you and here's the other thing and i'm sure it happens all the time oh yes yes because like i i hear from producers like yeah i produce for so-and-so and i'm like okay like how much you get paid on the front end um well you know he said uh you know it's more for like exposure and i'm like bro like no that doesn't work <laughs> Ex exposure don't exposure don't pay your bills yeah like he went to you for a reason because that beat was valuable like Plain and simple. Like, that's the thing. Like, producers, if you get hit up by an artist, you always remind yourself, they hit me up for a reason. They saw value in this beat. So, like, they came to me. And I'm not saying to charge them an arm and a leg. I'm telling you to charge them, though. Like, don't don't ever, like, if they try to sweet talk you and be like, yo, like, you know, uh, you know, I'll give you a shout out on my, my Instagram. I got so many followers. Nah, bro. Like, don't do that. Some of them might even be fake followers. You never even know. So like, yeah, they got so many of those bought followers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, don't ever do that. Like, make sure that you, um, you get paid in the front. Unless it's somebody like, I don't know. I, I haven't, I haven't found like life changing. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody that you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm, I'm definitely going to get a big amount in the back end. 
but I I rarely get I rarely do anything where I don't get a front end. I don't know when's the last time that I haven't like the last thing actually the last thing that I did where I didn't get a front end was on duos. But duos was my project. Like you it's know your what I mean? Yeah. 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 So I mean and and so I mean that's the thing. Like it, it just ends up it, 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 you just gotta be smart about it. You gotta be right. very smart. No, I'm glad we talked about that because I feel like that's not talked about often enough. Oh no, it's that's, not. That's perfect for uh, for this podcast. Other thing I wanted to ask you is about that tweet I put out the other day. I, I think you responded about like I think my tweet was something to the extent of I understand um, that you have to make money, but sometimes when I hear a producer did a song for you know on a on a particular track and the track is horrible and i ask myself like why you know why did you do this track um i think you chimed in on that um but i don't remember if i did or not but actually and it wasn't geared towards producers like i think it was more towards sometimes i get submissions on rapzilla where oh i think i think i i think i yeah, read that yeah significant feature yeah there's a significant feature on it and the song is trash. And I'm just like, yo, but how could you attach your name to this? And then, you know, people chimed in. I, did, I think oh, I well, did talk know, about business, that. Bus- yeah. Yeah. You're know, like, business is business. And I think you chimed in and was, was like, yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, it's your brand. Yeah. And regardless well, I said, of what happens, it hurts. It, I, well, I don't remember saying that part. <laughs> but I would say, I would say I felt that way for the longest time. I felt that exact way of like, there's times where I'm like, yo, it's just not worth it. But like, it's just not worth it, like to work with this artist and he's just that bad. And a lot of it has to, a lot of it has to deal with me because I'm like, yo, I don't want to take this dude's mind. I feel like I'm ripping him off. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what I said. Like when people approach me for a press release, I was like, listen, I got to I got to hear your, your music first. I got to see your pages because I could write you the greatest press release in the world and I'm going to take your money and I'm going to give it to you and nobody's going to post about your single. Right, and then right. I'm just taking your money and I can't help you. So if I feel like I can't help you, I don't I don't want to work with you. And I feel like some, and I know, like I said, I think the point of the tweet was, I know some artists need money and in certain ways, but like, is there a certain point when you're just like, yo, I can't take your money even though I'd love to, because I can't do anything, right? I feel you know, to make this song better. I feel whatever. I feel like at the end of the day, that comes down to the person, the artist. There's artists that just treat it as a business, you know, and it's totally right. cool. I've heard like some really dope artists that I respect that are my friends. That I'm like, why did you do this song? <laughs> some, but those are, those are probably some of the ones I'm talking about yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, and I feel that. But I also like I've heard other sides to it too. Like, uh, and I, I keep bringing up Dylan because again, I lived with the dude and I saw some of the some of the yeah. features he took. And with Dylan, he 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 honestly just felt. I know, like he did tracks with everybody, like everybody. And I, I even asked him, I was like, Dylan, why, like, why do you, you just do tracks with everybody? And he's just like, honestly, man, <laughs> like, he's like, man, like if any way that I can just, you know, share the gospel, he's like, I, I like any way that I can share the gospel, even if it I feel like God can use this track or God can use this track. And it really like, it made sense to me. I was just like that, that kind of like, that kind of helped me. 
that kind of helped me clear my mind about like even working with secular yeah. artists as well, like as a producer. Um, right. So, I mean, it just all depends on your conviction, I would say. Uh, it depends on how, like, if you want to view it as a business, hey, view it as a business. It's pretty dope. Like, I would say, though, it is pretty dope whenever I'm like, yo, like, if I were an artist and I wasn't that good, but I'm able to, like, get a verse from Joey Vontes or, like, uh, Dre Murray or, like, you know, no big deal. And, I, you know, even though I paid money for it and I'm not that good, like, I, I still think it's pretty dope. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, man, I'm a yeah. nobody who just got a verse from no big deal. Like, let me just, let me, you know, let me... It, it, I feel like it does challenge some artists, though. Like, I have heard some artists get better from buying dope features, but... Um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, because I have. I've, I've definitely seen it, like, where uh, it actually has helped and challenged them. Like, I have a guy, and I'm not going to say his name at all, but I have a guy that just bought a beat for me, or he's work, I'm working on a custom track from him, for him, and he hit me up. And he sent me the acapella because I was gonna build around it. And we, I heard the acapella, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh! Like this isn't, this isn't good at all." And what have I done? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, "What do I do?" Um, so my mind is like, you know what? Let me work with him. Let me let me try to see if I can help him get better. Let me see if we can like make something together and develop it like in a great way. So that's my mindset right now. Like that, 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 that also challenges me too, because it makes me a better producer. Cause then now I know I can go to the, go into the room with anybody and try to bring, come out with them as like, you know, better, you know what I mean? And try to challenge them and push right. them. And I love doing that. I love stretching like artists. You should, you can ask Dylan, you can ask anybody I work with. I try to stretch them like to the max. Like I'm working on an album with Corey Wise and he feels that exact stretch for me. Um, and, and, yeah. and he is. And Corey's already dope to begin with. Right, right. And, and that's the thing I love. I love pushing an artist and being like, you know what? I hear this, I hear that. And from you, and that's the one thing that producers don't don't tap in much. A lot of them just sit there and make beats when really they have a good ear, and they they're not using it. Like I, I try to tell producers all the time, use the the talent, you know, go and talk to artists and and build them. Don't don't just give them the beat. Like build with them and and show them the vision that you show the type of cadence that you heard when you were making the beat. Like you know, stretch them. So. Good. I, I think I think that's a good segue for to talk about Critique Fridays because that's kind of what you get to do <laughs> yeah. every Friday on Rapzilla. Yeah. Where somebody somebody says, Here, here is my life's work thrown out in the public. <laughs> OB, let me have it, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Oh, you know, man. in front of an audience, which is which is scary for sure. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess the only thing scarier would be if they were standing in front of an audience like we did in a3c oh yeah that was incredible but, that was incredible but uh but yeah so th like do you feel kind of a, a certain responsibility to that critique friday to be like all right i have to make sure that i steer these people in the right direction and like how do you balance that that criticism you know without going too far or you know not enough well, I try to tell artists, like, I feel like there's, I feel like nowadays, I feel like there's never really a too far. 
I think too far for me would be not critiquing you. That's where too far would be. If I'm like, yo, this is whack, and and then like I don't say anything after that, and I'm like, next. Right. I think that's too far. But like even me just talking about how bad the song is, I don't think that's too far. Because I always tell I always say this every Friday. I say this. I say if you can't have people, if you can't take the fact that somebody's gonna laugh at your song, um, say that it's not good or whatever it is. If you can't take that, then you should not be this doing music. You. Yeah, you should not be yeah. doing music at all. Because you're going to get that no matter what you do. You, you're not going to be perfect in this music thing. Like, nobody just starts off like, oh my gosh, they're the best artists ever. Like, nobody. You cannot name, even if you name Drake, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, you know, Kanye, all of them. They all started at a point where they were not good. And, um, except Jay Z, right? Jay Z was never good. Jay Z was never good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get so much heat for that. It's so funny. Um, carry on, (laughs) (laughs) side note, (laughs) but anyway, so yeah, and like I said, like, I I feel like if, if you can't take that heat, um, and you're so sensitive about it. Like, I'm a very sensitive person. Like, you could ask my wife. You can ask Dylan. You could ask everybody. I'm very sensitive. Um, but when it comes to music, I got to. Le- I, I had to learn. I took that, like, when everybody, when people said, oh, yo, this is kind of whack or this and this and that. I took that and I was like, yo, I'm going to run with this. I'm going to make it fuel for me to make myself better. I want to shut all these people up. And I did that like in high school. I remember I was in high school and I was like trying to be, I was trying to be, I was in drumline, but I wanted to play snare. And I had so many people talk like mess about me and about how bad I was or they didn't want to let me play a snare drum because they were like, oh, you were not that good. Um, I remember certain people wouldn't even let me touch one of the snare drums, even at the games, just because they're all like, that's not your drum. And they were just like, over, yeah, yeah like it was just that bad. And I, I was also bullied a lot, like in high school or like all of my school years, middle school, high school, all of that. I was bullied a lot. So I always wanted to prove people wrong. And I just, that kind of like carried over into my Christian life where I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not I'm not trying to prove them wrong to just like make them jealous. I just want I just want them to know that I can run with them too. And um uh-huh. yeah, so I mean for for me I try to tell artists to have that same mentality like not to do it in a prideful sense, but also like just because one, you're doing it for God. Like you're doing it for the glory of God and you you want him to shine on on and through your art. Like not for yourself, but for the fact that like you're representing Christ and we already get so much flack as it is as Christians that our music is corny and this and this and that and the third but like yo like it's not it really isn't there's a lot of artists that are really really dope and I see it, it and I'm, it's as good as it's ever been right right like and pff, right exactly and and not like I, I see it every every Friday like I find like crazy dope artists that I'm like yo these guys are dope they got mad talent you know, like, and then I also see it every Friday where people are so salty about like, oh, well, whatever. My song, you know, did well on streams. And I'm like, it's still trash. Like, And they write a diss track, bro. I have three diss tracks on me. I have. Oh, there's three now? There's I only three. Knew about two. There's three. 
Uh, they, they've all sent them back in to me. So I've been able to hear them. <laughs> and then were they, were they improvements? Um, no, <laughs> no. Um, I remember I showed one to Derek and Derek was like, yo, like this dude went in on you. And I was like, I don't care. It's funny, but he's still whack. Yeah. Derek's the worst. He's an instigator. <laughs> he is bro. He is. He calls me all the time to instigate. <laughs> <laughs> so he is. Yeah. But I've had a, I have three diss tracks on me. I have a video that somebody said they were going to expose me because of, uh, I'm not a Christian, all this stuff. Um, all of that through Critique Fridays, just because I'm telling them the truth. You know what I mean? And it's, it's the American, it, I call it like the American idol syndrome. When you have the person who comes in there that's super confident mm-hmm. and, and Simon Cowell's like this, you know, you're absolutely horrible. Right. And they just can't believe it. They're like, well, my mom told me I was the best singer in the <laughs> right, world. Right, right. My cousins, my cousins dance to my singing. And it's like, yeah, because you never left your house to sing. And my thing the is like, who are yeah. supposed to encourage your dreams encouraged you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And my thing is like, it's cool that you get your family and friends to listen to it. That's great. I think everybody should do that. But they they can't go to them for the source. They can't go to them to tell them to to for their like approval to be like, okay, like my family and friends like this, so I'm gonna put this out on Spotify. It's like, nah, bro. Yeah. You're not you, gonna get a biased yeah, opinion. You need to get people that do not know your music very well. Like that's why I love shows like like Critique Fridays and even Ruslan's thing. Like I, I, I like when like artists or or like other people are contributing to that because we don't know your music, but we listen to it. And then like, we will tell you the truth. Like we're going to just flat out tell you like, bro, this ain't it. uh, And this is how you can work on it. Or bro, this is dope. Like we're going to add this to our playlist. Like, um, and, and it's dope exposure too. like, uh, I, I think it's really dope exposure because there's mad people that come in and critique Fridays and tune in. Like there's yeah, and, and a lot of and a lot of them are artists. Too. A lot of them and are artists. artists. A lot of them are labels. A lot. A lot of them are labels yeah. too. Like Doc Watson's been in there. I've had Bizzle come in there, and um, uh, Dayton's been in there as well. He has his new label, so it's like it's yeah. it, it's dope to see to see. And then like I have you know Jacob Biz Morris Morris who's the the head engineer at, at Reach Records, like he's heard some yeah, crazy yeah. artists and he's even told me like, bro, like you need to do something with that artist because if not, I'm gonna take him up from you. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like and all of this has happened through Critique Fridays and a lot of people don't see that. Um and and yeah, that's why I try to tell them like, yo, like you can't be so sensitive. You need to make sure that you you're you're open to this criticism, even if it's like even if they're being mean to you, you got to be open to it and be like, all right, all right, that's cool. Come back, you know, whether it's going to take, wrong. yeah, that's it. Just, just shut them up. Let's just shut them up. Shut them up. Yeah. You can quote OB, just shut them up. So, <laughs> all right, let, let's move back to you. We're, we're approaching the hour mark, by the way. Okay. Um, we, you've mentioned Dylan Chase a lot. He actually has the record for longest interview <laughs> on the podcast. So, I'm going to beat him. You I'm gonna might beat pass him. him. Oh, I'm gonna beat him. <laughs> um, yeah, you're gonna take us right into right into release Friday. Um, okay, so for you, what is your biggest, I guess, rock star moment slash success moment? If you could have like this one moment where you were just like, "Wow, like I did it," or "I can't believe I'm doing this right now." Man, uh, wow, there's a lot. <laughs> 
I know. Uh, <laughs> I probably heard most of them. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Um, if, all right. If you could define one moment, I guess, like, would be the pinnacle moment of your career. My career. Far. Okay, okay. My career. Um, I didn't say a life because that would be like me marrying my wife probably. But, <laughs> but um, definitely when I would have to say it was this show that we did in Austin, Texas. It was uh it was when I was on tour with Derek and for the newsboys and it was a sold out arena of like four thousand probably. Um and my mom, my dad, my sister, my siblings, my nephew, my nieces, they they all showed up and I got them all tickets. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and they were in the crowd and they freaked out because it was just like you know, me and Derek came out on stage with, with my boy Tyler too. We all came out on stage and they're just like watching me perform and on they're like, wow, like they're like like I see them in the crowd, I'm performing, and it's like a huge stadium. And um because we were doing stadiums that that time for that for that yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, and newsboys is like <laughs> Like a top five Christian act of yeah, all time. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we were there and like we're performing, and I see my mom and my like all my family in the crowd. Like they're on, they're on, they're on the like you know the floor. They have floor seats, and that I got them. And um, after I finish, you know, I walked my my like my family backstage. My dad came on the tour bus, and he was just like freaking out, like because it was a beautiful tour bus. And um, I remember walking with my mom and she had her arm around me. And she was like, you're really doing this, huh? You're really doing this. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I am. Nice. And it was crazy. It was crazy. It was such a like incredible moment for me because the, I, I looked back at the times when I was living back home and with my grandmother and my grandfather and um, and I was making beats in, in in the back room and I had family members telling me that you need to get a real job, this and this and that. Like <laughs> and my little did they know, like I remember my grandma telling me like like they don't they don't they don't know. They don't understand. Like she goes, but I know, I know every time I hear the music, you know, I know you're making money. And I was just laughing. I just remember laughing. <laughs> and that's um, such a that's such a like a a Hispanic grandmother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know she said it to you in Spanish. Uh, she she was like she's Spanglish, so she said it both. She was okay, like so she was like more. My grandma. She didn't say she didn't say I hear. She goes she didn't say I every time I hear the music. She said every time I hear the boom boom boom, I know you're making money. She told me like that. So like <laughs> my grandma would say that. Yeah. Too. So I'm except like, I'm not making any money with the boom boom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I remember, like I rem- like I remember when having that moment with my mom, and then remembering like everything in the past with all my family, like a lot of my family just like always mad at me because they said I was just lazy or I wasn't doing this, I wasn't doing that, and I needed to get a real job, and and then like actually seeing me on stage was just like whoa, like he's really doing it, like it's actually working for him. And then now, like even seeing me now too, to like while he has a wife, you know, kids, he has a house, and he's doing all this full time. Like it was, it's nuts. Yeah. So that's like that's like life goals, like success life. Yeah, man. All right, so 
what what about what about on the other end what would you say is your biggest failure or regret as an artist so far mm regret failure time management time management was my biggest failure um actually i just i had a really low moment a couple of weeks ago uh probably like last month actually but it was when I realized that, and that was just crazy because it was just recently that I had like my biggest failure where I realized, yo, like I took too much work on and I have no skill in time management. I have no, yeah. no, like I don't know how to do. Um, yeah, I, I was really getting some artists mad. I got, I, I, I probably ruined some relationships with some artists. Because oh, yeah, and uh, and that was my fault. And I actually, I actually hit them up. I apologized to a lot of them, and um, it was dope. They a lot of them actually were like, "Yo, thank you." You know, that means a lot. But you know, it it, it was never to dodge anybody. Like it was just right. It's just life. It's, it's been, it, you know, it it was just busy. so much was going on. Like last year, my career just exploded too you know like with everything and then like i met my wife we got married we were planning uh like a marriage like um for uh like you know long distance wise because she was in canada i was in texas and um and then like not to mention like uh, my grandmother got sick and she was like my grandmother's like a second mom to me so yeah i lost her last year in in october and all of that was in like I've I've dealt you know like I said I've diagnosed with PTSD depression anxiety yeah it's just a lot and and depression with me like when it comes to depression I get crippled like I am crippled with depression like when I'm in under depression like and sometimes it just hits sometimes I'm there and I'm like nothing could be going on and it just hits me and I'm just like why is it hitting me right now like and I'm trying to pray and ask God like to help help me but it ends up like just hitting and it gets it's just it, it, it's so it's so overwhelming and then now like you know being learning how to be a stepdad that's crazy in itself all the stories that we have already going on uh not to mention just the numerous things that me and my wife have gone through already like just being married in the six months that we've been in married now wow praise god six months already um <laughs> and it's the six months that we've been married felt like six years already just because of we you know we me moving from a different country then moving within that country to another house like buying a house the process going through that to buy i'm just telling you it's yeah. it just nuts and then all the while like trying to make beats <laughs> and and like you know work with artists and make sure that i get them the track outs on time and this it was just it's just crazy dumb and i failed miserably in all those areas and um and i came i like i got you know i felt if i felt flat on my face and i realized like yo like i need help and prayer in this area and my wife like Praise God for her because she's really pretty much pretty good with handling like scheduling and stuff like that. She's really good with that. So she's actually helping me with that now. 
Um, I have like a whiteboard and everything. She's like coming in here, writing stuff on here every day. And she got me on schedule on my phone. Like, oh, babe, you got You got to do this today. You got to do this today. And like every day she's asking me, what What do you got to do today, babe? Like, what do you have to do? And she's been she's been really, really like helpful in, in that way. And um, and I've been grateful, too, because like she doesn't have to work right now. So she's been able to like, you know, really be by my side every time like that. I'm like, yeah, that's you know, dope. just working, you know, so that that's like my wife with budgeting. Like my wife would notice if I bought a pack of bro, bread. same, like 20, same, 20, 25 same. cents is missing from the bank bro, account. Same, what is this? Same. Bro. I, was like, I, I promise. The other I day, <laughs> the other day, like I'm, she, she listens to this. She's probably gonna be mad at me, but <laughs> the other day. <laughs> The other day, she like I wanted to buy like I, I'm horrible with spending, by the way, um, and and she was just like I wanted to buy this 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 jacket, and it was a dope jacket. It was like a good price jacket, and I was like, yeah, I want to buy this. And she's like, okay, you can buy that if you promise me to give me five hundred dollars by the end of this week. And I'm like, oh man. <laughs> So got him. I'm almost there though. I'm almost there. So I'm almost there. <laughs> so I was able to buy the jacket. You have a little, have a little tip a little tip jar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh all right. but yeah. All right. So let me let me ask you about this because uh you told me you told me about this actually in Atlanta. Um so you have a production team that you're starting. Yes. Um can you tell everybody a little bit about that? This is an exclusive, by the way, because I haven't told anybody about yes. this other than <laughs> other than we're kicking season two off with a bang. <laughs> we I haven't mentioned anybody. I haven't mentioned to anybody about this other than like specific people, and those specific people are the ones that are in the group. So I'm starting a production team, and it's called uh, we're called the Fellas. Um, the fellas. And, yeah, the Fellas. So we're kind of doing like the little. We're kind of going off like the mobster, like Godfather, Reservoir Dogs type, you know, theme. And um, there's there's a one, two, three, four, five of us, six of us, six of us with me. And um, a lot of them are people, some of them are people that you've heard um, and some of them are not. Some of them um, I've just discovered, like I have a 14 year old kid that's in here and he's insanely dope insanely dope and the whole goal of this was to like try to get my connections and and be able to help them like you know get some of their first placements and things like that that's cool um yeah so that was my mentality like um yeah so i mean my my whole goal is for that to build us up in, in that way and and have artists be able to come to us and be like okay we want i want y'all to do my whole album instead of or ep instead of you know buying just a few tracks i I want them to entrust us because i want to try i have an engineer like in our group too who's a producer and um and the whole thing is to be able to do everything in-house so he can get the engineering from us production from us uh you know executive production everything just just all in-house from us and uh all he would have to do all the artists would have to do is just have to like record and then you know that's it awesome 
Yeah, so that's that's one of my biggest goals. That and to try to help, you know, like I said, these some of these uh, producers get some some bigger placements, and, and and then also to try to eventually develop artists as well, like um, artists like like new up and coming artists. We have one artist right now that we're like trying to develop. I can't say his name either. Uh, and I'm trying to get a few other artists that I, that I want to get under us as well to really push them out as well. So, um, but we're we're going to be announcing everything soon. Hopefully, Lord willing, like in 2020, we'll have everything coming up. And uh, yeah, so that's the fella's story right there. Yeah, man, that that sounds amazing. I'm excited for that. Yeah. So, since since you're talking about that, and I'm wondering if some of these some of these people are in the group. I was going to ask you to shout out uh, some dope producers that you think everybody should check out. Oh, man. You're about to give it all away then. <laughs> that would be a conflict of interest. All it right. would be um, a conflict of interest. All right. But, all right. but I would so say we'll, I will, I'll give other producers right now. Uh, how about T. Wyla? Shout out T. Wyla. That's my shout brother. Out another and another producer. Amazing, am, amazing producer. <laughs> uh, great mentor. He's he's just a good friend all the way around. Um, shout out to the homie Kardec, the homie Juice Bangers, uh, my homeboy Iggy Music. Um, you know all these people. Some of these people they produce for for y'all, uh, like some of y'all's favorite artists, and y'all don't even know it. And that's one thing that. I hate is when people don't know who it is. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right, right. There's other people too. My homeboy Signature Nation, uh, my homeboy Igami Beats, my homeboy OK Hip Hop. Um, yeah, my homeboy Liam Bushy. Like, there's so many other producers that I just know that are really, really dope. That I know, I know artists would just like go crazy over oh the homie arrow too shout out arrow produced by arrow, arrow. yeah you shot an arrow at a lot a- arrow's in, uh, the bro man bro I, I discovered arrow through critique fridays there I, you go. yeah like he he submitted his track for priority and everything and it was just a beat he did it a few times and through that he got he got artists to buy beats from him so shout right. out I- shout out to arrow Right off the top, three three greatest producers of all time. Oh, don't. Oh man. Um of all time? All time for you. Shoot. In your opinion. Of all time. Are all time. you are you talking about my inspirations? No, I I mean there there's always like who your favorite rapper is, but or like or who you think the best rapper is, even though they're not your favorite rapper. So for for me, I, I guess I'm asking, like, who do you think are the greatest producers of all time? Not necessarily your favorite. Okay, they can't be in order. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Okay, okay. Um, I would say Kanye West. Uh, man. Dr. Dre. Okay. Man, that's so hard. Three? You just need one more. I know. I know. I know. But I'm like thinking of like, I'm thinking about Jay Dilla. I'm thinking about- You've covered two eras. I know. But like the other one is Timberland in my opinion. But but like there's there's still like Dilla. I would put Dilla up there too. Primo. Premier. Yeah, for sure. 
Oh you my gosh. Yeah, there's so many, bro. Like Dilla would be up there too, but like Dr. Dre, I like did so many iconic tracks for me. Um Timberland as well and and Kanye. Like those three were like I don't, I don't think anyone I don't think anyone's gonna be mad at those. Yeah. You have like three different eras of hip hop represented in And they're there. so dope. Uh, they're all dope too. And they're very different. Yeah. I'm not gonna ask you for your top three in CHH, because I don't want to get you in trouble, <laughs> but I will. A- but I will ask you: Who do you think is the most underrated producer in CHH? On beat music. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> ob, uh, ob, 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 ob. Underrated, underrated. Okay, um, underrated. Oof. In CHH, the most underrated producer, right now. Sure. Whatever you want. This is this is a question to you. You answer however you want. Dang, man. I don't know. Um I, I have an answer. Who who would you say? I, I feel I feel like Derek is super underrated because nobody uh, thinks of Derek as a producer. Yeah, that's a good one. I would have to say Derek as well. I would definitely have to say Derek as well. I was like thinking, him, but you're right. And and the reason why I didn't I didn't think about it was because he's underrated. Exactly. There you go. There you go. That's that's the exact may, reason why. You made me answer the question. Yeah. It, All right. <laughs> final final question. We have we have run the gamut of eleven questions here. Okay. For the survival of the artist podcast with on beat music. So okay. what do you think is the key to the survival of the artist in twenty nineteen moving forward? And moving forward from twenty nineteen. So the key to like surviving as an artist, is that what you want me to say? Yes. Sorry, I asked it a little weird. I'm a yeah. little rusty. <laughs> this is the opening episode of, of season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So surviving as an artist, man, consistency. Right. What's the key to the survival of an artist? Consistency. In 2019 and beyond. There you go. Consistency would be the biggest thing. You got to be consistent in all things. That goes with your work ethic. That goes with your spiritual life. That goes with your family. Uh, I would say, just speaking to producers, like we get so caught up in being in um, in the studio so much that it ends up we end up like devoting all our time there, but then we don't we don't we lose the consistency of like our spiritual life or our family and everything like that. Like the the, the time time consistency with them. Um, so consistency is key in everything, uh, in life. And, um, I would say like first spend that first try first devote your consistency, uh, being consistent with, with the time that you spend with the Lord and then everything else will follow from that. It's just how you serve God will, will, will reflect in your whole life in general, like how you serve others, how you serve at your, in, in your job, how you serve your your family, um, your wife, your kids, everything. Um, if you're not serving God in that area, and I'm speaking to myself too because I'm still learning <laughs> this. If you're not being consistent with that, then then everything else will crumble like easy. So consistency is key with everything. And there you go, yep. record scratch. <laughs> that's that's the end. And I think this is a, a premature congratulations, but I think you passed. Dylan Chase, who was at a yes! minute, at an hour, an hour and eighteen minutes, and we just hit an hour and twenty. Hey, I think 
I think he was an hour and 18 minutes. Dylan Chase, you <laughs> are the joyful loser of tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. A- album album great. plug, joyful this loser. This is perfect. <laughs> okay. All right. Obi, thank you so much for thank you, for, uh, man. Thank you for helping kickstart this podcast again. Um, I love you, bro. Love you too, man. We've spent we've spent different amounts of time together. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're the third producer I've gotten to room with in three different events. Hey, that's I dope. I had T. I had T. Wyla, I had Spec, and now I had you. Mm-hmm. So we'll see next year what what new producer I, I get to room with. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> but, uh, thank you, man. I but, appreciate uh, it. Yeah, man. Thanks for your time. I appreciate you. No doubt. And uh, this is Justin and Obi signing off from the Survival of the Artist podcast, episode 16. Thank you for listening. Peace. Peace.